Real Presence Live. To be patient to share Christ, but to be urgent, you know, just take advantage of that opportunity, that open door, that little bit of trust. Local. When we're truly and fully alive and Catholic, we have hearts that are actually that desire the good of the civil order. Engaging. But I have to start the day off by saying, you know, Father God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you wish. Live. There is a human longing for beautiful things and traditions. And if these aren't found in the church, people will seek them elsewhere. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Presence Live this morning on the beautiful, actually, Thursday morning. It's uh the weather is a lot better than it has been, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, it's going to be so wonderful to see some sunshine. I'm mm-hmm. Janine Bitson. And I'm Paul my- Braun here with the uh, Diocese of Fargo, uh, Director of Communications, and asked to uh, fill in today as a co-host. And I always love doing this. It's a great time to spend time with our friends here at Real Presence Radio and the folks listening in. And we sure love having you, Paul. Well, Thanks thank so you. much for being here. And yes, thank you so much for our listeners. And we would love to start out our morning with a prayer, Paul. Yes, amen. And this morning, what a beautiful prayer in the Magnificat. So let's uh, let's begin to pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. God of love, you created your church to be the sacrament of unity for a divided world. Gather us together in the communion of love by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that our love for one another may flame out as a vibrant light in every human darkness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Father, Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Wonderful! What a great way to start the day. Oh. I love that. You know, we in the, with my family in the morning, we we say a, um, a few prayers, and one of our favorite is the prayer of Saint Michael. Oh, beautiful! Uh, that that we pray, but uh, it is just so terrific to be able to to do that as a family to to start off your day in prayer, and to kind of give your day to the Lord and say, "What I do today, I'm going to let you guide me. I'm going to give my all to you," and then, you know. Do that in your job, do that in your family life, at school. Uh, It's always a great way to start off the day. Oh, it's the most important thing. And in fact, we're also going to start off the day by having Gregory give us a clue about what's coming up this morning. Morning, Gregory. Good morning. So coming up this morning, our uh, Straight Talk guest will be Monsignor Gregory Schlusselman. You can start thinking up your questions for him and then call in at 877-795-0122 or post them on Facebook during the 9.30 to 10 time, which will be our Straight Talk segment. And Jenna Cooper of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, will explain what it is, or who it is, that defends and clarifies the guidelines the faithful are to follow within the church. Every life is a a gift, so how often do we stop to think about that? What can we do to cherish cherish the gift of life besides being physically on the front lines of the pro-life movement? The answer to this question and much more coming up this morning. Oh, thank you so much, Gregory. Jam-packed show. Oh, it's going to be a fantastic show. <laughs> and Paul, it's just such a delight to have you. You know, we um, we just live in a fallen world, but there's so much light. There's so much goodness. There and is. So there much is. beauty. And, 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 and one of the, the, the beautiful things about that is um, how we can take that beauty and bring it to ourselves. And if we can take that into ourselves then we can shine that beauty on others as well at work, at home, uh, whatever we're doing. And we can be a light. 
Mm-hmm. And and why not be that light? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the beautiful thing about Real Presence uh, Radio because uh, they are that light every single day, and it's so nice to have uh, this here to be able to uh, be able to have a forum like this and be able to give and take with the listeners and and be able to share our faith and, and share our lives and it's just a, a wonderful wonderful way to get things going. And and it is such a great way because our our world prizes production. And yes. there's so many dangers in that, and yet we need to have our cup overflowing to really be that light. Mm-hmm. And how do we have our cup overflowing? It's by spending our day with the Lord. Absolutely. And no matter what the work is we're doing, it needs to be for His glory. And mm-hmm. when we do that, our cup doesn't empty. That's right. And, and you yeah. know, and, and I wish it's it's really tough to sit here and say I don't have time to do some things, but. Boy, I sure would like to uh, be able to do some, be be able to do a little more adoration. I would like to be able to oh, take lovely. part in that some more, and that's something I think I need to really take some time and and really do. It, it is. It's important for all of us to mm-hmm. take at least an hour a week. Uh, we were just talking about that with my daughter last night, and how that's just the medicine we need, like that shot in the arm, yes. that elixir kind of deal. Yes. But you know what? It's time to introduce our first guest. Wonderful. I'm so excited. Well. We were talking about how how you can shine your light at work and so forth, and the folks who really shine their light every day are our uh, brothers and sisters in blue. Yes. And uh, whether they wear the blue, the black, the brown, something else, the men and women uh, who live life behind the badge, they see some of the most challenging aspects of humanity. And who supports them when they have a crisis of faith? Well, that is our guest this morning. Fantastic. And we have with us uh, the Fargo Police Chaplain and Pastor at uh, St. Anthony of Padua, Father Raymond Courtright. Uh, and uh, he's going to give us the, I like this, the 411 on the 911. It's <laughs> what that's all about. Welcome back to RPL, Father. We sure appreciate you being here. Thank you. Great to be back. I just noticed, you know, you got a good uh, voice for a radio. Yeah, he but does. I, I have the perfect face for it, too. <laughs> 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 uh, well, now, getting back to uh, police chaplaincy, how long have you been the uh, chaplain of the Fargo Police Department? Uh, just over two years. Okay. Uh, I had training um, in um, for a special national program to start it. just came as something we didn't have in this country until recently. It was born out of the 9-11 disaster, mm-hmm. that there'd be some kind of comprehensive... Um, training for chaplains that's also consistent and the same across the boards, across the country. So I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to have uh, two days training. Um, I was down in Aberdeen, South Dakota, along with our other chaplain on the Fargo Police Department, uh, Pastor Paul Ninus, who's the pastor of Hope Lutheran here in Fargo. So we had a wonderful opportunity to do that training together and um, real eye-opener of what, of what life is like for our officers and it's a pretty incredible uh, world that they live in well you both do a wonderful wonderful service uh for the uh, men and women who uh help support us in law enforcement but what got you interested in serving in that way i got a phone call from uh, uh lieutenant bill allfeld from the fargo police department who asked me if i wanted to be a chaplain and um i didn't know what exactly that would entail and so forth so I said, well, we can meet some time, talk about it, and uh, that I talked to some other uh, officers that, who I know on the Fargo PD and s- their spouses and uh, got an idea of what, uh, what to expect. And I was just, I was very impressed. And, and I was so happy that um, 
Lieutenant uh, Alfeld wasn't just looking for someone to fill an office, but really wanted someone who could help make something happen to help our officers. Um, it's a pretty tight world to break into. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's been a great challenge, and it's been very fruitful as well. One of the nice things is I already knew a lot of the officers who, was, I'm just thinking of how many officers I know just from UND, from uh, school or those who are married to officers. And um, so it's kind of nice already having a, uh, a certain uh, knowledge of a lot of the officers at the beginning. And um, so it's great work, and I'm, and I'm glad to do anything I can to, to help our officers, to support so, them. So is it, um, do you strictly, you know, minister to the officers and their responsibilities, or do you also serve the citizens that um, are involved in the police action as well? Mainly our officers, however, both indeed. Um, for example, just uh, doing a um, um, going to visit with families and of close ones when there's been a, a code 100 uh, unattended death, and to be there um, with the family. Let's say who you know someone's grandpa's died at home, and uh, you know so part of calling the family, having them come in and meet with them and speak with them, and um, so that's that's a big part of of helping the officers as well to have another level of. Of, of something to give to those people in those tragic situations. Um, but it's mainly working with the officers and their families. And, um, but it, just in doing that, it, it tends to bring you into the larger community as well. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you re- remember we had um, a horrific tragedy here in the Fargo Police Department a couple of years ago, and uh, uh, Officer Moser was shot. Were you a chaplain at that point, or did that kind of spark your, maybe your interest in this? I was actually on sabbatical living in Rome at the time for okay. three months. <laughs> but what was interesting is, is I knew it was going all the time. People yeah. were sending me videos, people who have you know, families who are uh, in the Fargo PD. And, um, and so I knew it was happening all the time I, and, and, and was wondering who indeed is their chaplain and how they're doing these things and mm-hmm. so forth. So there was a, I did have a great interest in what was happening, how things were progressing, how would they would do the funeral, for example, mm-hmm. just mystified me because you have such a huge number of people that would be coming to mm-hmm. such a thing and, and who would lead that and so forth. So there was a, it did, it, I learned a lot from it. It drew my attention mm-hmm. to it a lot and, and it was just heartbreaking uh, for, for the town and just a lot of people who I was in communication with who were mourning. Uh, terrible loss of Officer Mosier. But it, but it doesn't stop there. I mean, that that, that support, though, continues on uh, that you give them, correct? Oh, because, yeah. Because right. li- like anyone, you know, if, if you're, you're uh, working with somebody, you're working closely, and especially in a position like that in uh, police work, uh, you can draw some very close relationships, and, and something like that happens within your brotherhood and sisterhood of the police department. That's, that's something that's hard to get over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right, and it doesn't happen quickly. No. And, it, and it's really neat that you talked about your colleague, uh, past, pastor from Hope Lutheran, and how do you as a Catholic priest, when you are ministering to those who are non-Catholic? It's pretty exciting. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different uh, approach to things, but for me, it's, it's very exciting. You know, I, I always feel like I have all these brothers and sisters that my parents had and were put up for adoption i've never met but i know they're out there in the world somewhere and so i feel like i'm meeting them yeah you know it's just like i knew you guys were out here and it's just i'm always excited to be able to meet others who 
um, you know, a different place in their faith journey, mm-hmm. uh, which is true even among Catholics. I'm right. always amazed that, you know, it's A to Z. You know, you have people who are just at the beginning of their journey, those who don't know who Jesus is, all the way to just people who are daily communicants and spend a lot of time in prayer, take advantage of a holy hour every week, <laughs> yeah. and so forth, you know. So it's a, it's a great range, and, and I, that's one of the exciting things is trying to, as uh, Monsignor Vetter, uh, Wendelin Vetter taught me when I was first ordained, he says, you know, you've got to um, you know, receive people where they are and move forward with them. All right, uh, it's about uh, 12 minutes after 9 o'clock. You're listening to Real Pleasance Live. I am uh, Paul Braun with the uh, Diocese of Fargo, your host, along with uh, Janine. You're co-hosting with me this morning. Yeah, yeah, it's just wonderful to be with you, Paul. Mm -hmm. And we want to definitely thank all our listeners across our area um, who are listening in with us this morning. And uh, we're so grateful to have Father Ray Courtright from the Diocese of Fargo and our local police chaplain telling about his ministerial work with the force. And you have, you deal with just the Fargo police or do you deal with other police forces in the area? Mainly them, although I've had uh, one officer, for example, from West Fargo PD who said, gee, you know, uh, we don't have, he was a Catholic officer, and says, you know, we don't, we don't have a Catholic um, uh, chaplain, you know, could you also work with us and I said absolutely in fact and I've spent a lot of time working with other officers and I think for a big part it's just it's those who you know are at a point in their life where they have certain questions and need some spiritual guidance and um, are going through sometimes challenges in their own life or family life and so forth mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm there for anyone who calls of course and and so just being the Fargo PD chaplain has given me some um, other officers have got to know me who are in different agencies in the sheriff's department as well. And it does seem like over the last few years, I mean, our city and our area is growing at an exponential rate. And with that, unfortunately, we have additional, you know, uh, strain on the force, you know, so to speak. Is the force growing? Is it? Uh, it is, and like, and it really is a challenge. I think that the Fargo PD is at any time five officers short of what they'd like to have sure. to really cover uh, all the things that they're engaged in. You know, here's something I think most people don't know that that is very surprising to me, is that the Fargo Police Department is not the Sheriff's Department. They're two separate agencies. Right. And the Sheriff's Department, you know, they're, they're the ones who run the, the county jail, for example. Uh, they each have their own work and jurisdictions and so forth. And they These serve two, the warrants and things like that. Right, the Sheriff's mm-hmm. Department serves warrants and... Um, um, Whereas Fargo PD is more kind of localized here in town. Mm-hmm. So in, in the course of the county, they're taking care of all the other places in sure. a sense outside of Fargo proper. But it's, it's interesting to, to kind of see how they work together as well. And it's kind of neat. There's just the professionalism and uh, respect and so forth that you see as they work together. I've been on a couple of calls where uh, the Fargo PD had gotten a call from the Sheriff's Department. They were making an arrest. It was a drug bust. And, and so they needed help to send them out to the jail. And so it was kind of funny when we got out there, I thought, oh, these really are two separate agencies, you know, working together, helping each other. And so it was kind of interesting to see how that whole thing works together sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, you brought it in. Uh, 
you were called out. What are your hours like? I mean, are you on call twenty four hours? I mean, the, are you really? You, you, he's sitting here shaking his head. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and that's not too much different from being a, a priest. Yeah, I know? suppose. I suppose. Yeah, that's, same thing. So how how are there similarities between the priesthood and being a police officer? What are those similarities? Well, I'll tell you something that uh, Lieutenant Bill Allfeld said, and I mentioned this to officers, especially. When I get to meet the, the new officers who are in this, doing their swearing in when they're first uh, made officers, if you will, kind of reminds me of being at a confirmation you know, with the bishop. Okay. And it's just this beautiful ceremony. And I always love to go to them and pray for our officers and, um, and to remind them of that, that you know, it's not just a job. It is a vocation. It is a call from God. And, and that officers who know that and understand that and believe that are happier in their job they know they're not there for the pay, right. and there's no way we're going to pay any of these officers what they deserve in a sense, That's what they have, what they're true. put through. You know, I would say they get to look at the belly of the beast every morning, every day, and um, you know, we lose a lot of our guys too who just when they don't feel that it's a call from God, you know, that's just a job, because I think they find out it's not fulfilling. Whereas when you have that sense, no, this is where our Lord wants you to be, and you are called in a very special way to protect people. Um, it kind of changes how you how you see your own uh, how you relate to your work, how you relate to others, um, and to your job. And I think it gives there just a greater satisfaction. And one of the neat things I just want to get out there and say is that I am amazed how many of our officers are just incredibly holy men. Yes, and yes. women. Mm-hmm. And know, it's awesome to see. I'm just I'm edified by our men and women in blue. I was also happy to see that yesterday was National uh, Police Appreciation Day, where they take a day nationally to just say thank you to those who work in law enforcement. And I was really happy to see that. And it's very great. It's great that you're on today. I really appreciate that. And and we um, we just want to take a moment, quick, just to say, you know, on the other side of the break. Uh, We're going to have an incredible straight talk segment uh, where we want you to get your questions ready, your comments ready. You can call 877-795-0122. But with just the few seconds we have left, Father Courtright, could you explain the blue masses? What are those? Just very quickly. Blue mass is very simply um, a mass that is on the feast day of St. Michael the Archangel, who's the patron saint of police officers. And so because they wear blue uniforms, it's referred to as the blue mass. And um, when I started as the chaplain, it was nice that uh, Bishop Folda came and celebrated that Mass for us at St. Anthony's. And this was right after uh, uh, Officer Mosher had died, had been, and had been killed, and his uh, dad is one of our parishioners. And um, so it was nice that Bishop Folda came out and preached at that Mass. But every year there's a blue Mass, um, and it's just a, it's a, whatever day of the week it falls on, and is uh, to honor our officers and to pray for them and to remind us of what they do for us and to hopefully increase our appreciation for them. Well, thank you so much for being on with us this morning, Father Courtright. Janine, my great pleasure. Wonderful to be here with you. Great to see you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Live, engaging, and local. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello everyone, this is Tim Moser, host of Real Presence Live, wishing you and your family a happy new year. May the happiness that only comes from following Christ be yours now and always. Happy New Year. 
I'm just struck by the fact that our radio coverage from Real Presence has reached all the way across North Dakota into parts of Minnesota, into parts of South Dakota. Most of that is rural territory. And I think that our rural communities are so very important to our church, to our diocesan families, whether it's Fargo or Sioux Falls or Bismarck or wherever we are. Our rural parishes, our rural faithful, you know, they've been there all along and they're they're so active, they're so devoted to their parishes, they're so devoted to the faith. And it's encouraging to me that Real Presence has reached out to those areas as well, because now some of those communities that for a long time didn't have access to Catholic radio, now they do. And now they have the opportunity to be part of the mission of Catholic Radio, but also to pray and, and to hear the news and to be inspired by the stories of the faith. And it's, it's wonderful to see. People think A and B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest additions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and good friends. At Riverview, you can enjoy all these wonderful things. But it is the friendship and sense of community here that makes Riverview home. We share stories, laughter, smiles, and our Catholic faith. Try us out with a mini vacation or join us for Mass five days a week. You can contact Kelly for a tour at 701-237-4700 and online at homeishere.org. Hi everyone, Steve Sponskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network, inviting you on the Real Presence Radio Northern California Mission Pilgrimage, April 4th through 9th, 2019. We will visit some of the missions of St. Junipero Serra, the wine country of the Sonoma Valley, and sites of San Francisco. We'll be staying at a beautiful retreat center with easy day trips to the sites. Cost based on double occupancy is $1,936, or if you want to get your own flight, it's $1,358. For more information, please call 877-795-0122. Hello, I'm Father Josh Waltz. And I'm Father Justin Waltz. We are brothers in blood. Brothers in the priesthood. Wishing y'all a happy new year from From the the Sons of Thunder. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page and be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Wow, what a wonderful uh, morning with Father Raymond Courtright and uh, his wonderful ministry with the police departments and, and sheriff's departments, like they said, men in blue, brown, black. That's right. Yeah, what a great morning. Well, now, Paul, we have a very exciting time coming up. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to throw out the number, uh, 877-795-0122. We're going to have our Straight Talk segment in just a few minutes here. So now's the time. Get your questions ready for our wonderful guest, Monsignor Schleschelman. He's going to be here and... Uh, Talking uh, about all things Catholic, Yeah, I yeah. See, 
if you can trip you trip whatever them up, the topic I, is whatever the topic <laughs> is called in or, or or send it in by facebook i believe you can do it that way or well oh. you can do it by facebook and and it doesn't have to be a question mm-hmm. you could just join the conversation and have you know comment on what we're visiting about we have some great topics and the other thing is is my daughter has said monsignor schleschman is even smarter than her own dad oh my yeah and 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 my husband that's, that's high praise my husband took that very humbly <laughs> <laughs> he agreed but, he readily agreed but he it? readily yeah. agreed <laughs> munsinger is a genius a gentleman a fantastic uh person that uh he will be ready with all your questions uh but on that note paul what a great joy it is to have you here this well, morning thank you i appreciate that you know and talking with father courtright um uh, he has a tough job, really. As the, um, uh, it's 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 really tough f- to be a pastor for for something like that when a tragedy strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to him uh, during the break, and uh, I had the uh, the privilege of uh, being asked to go up to uh, Belcourt when uh, Deputy Colt Allery, a Rolette County Sheriff's deputy, was shot and killed in the line of duty. Um, I went up there because we thought we were going to have a Catholic Mass, and of course, we knew there was going to be media, so Bishop sent me up there to uh, to take care of the media and so forth. Uh, when it was decided that we weren't going to have a Catholic Mass, uh, a public Mass, it was just going to be a, a memorial a service, and they were going to have a private Mass for Deputy Allery, I thought, okay, uh, my, my job is done. But uh, believe it or not, uh, when I got up there, we realized, you know, we're still going to have a lot of media. And uh, I had the privilege of being able to uh, coordinate that media coverage and to be able to, the, the most important thing, keep the media in one spot and away from pe- family and so mm-hmm. forth. And to allow a dignified uh, 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 funeral. And it was amazing. We had over, I think it was over 2,500 police officers from all over the country and from Canada there. And we, and we had, uh, there was like 135, 140 police vehicles in the procession taking Colt Allery to his final uh, resting place. The point I'm getting at is the brotherhood and mm-hmm. the sisterhood of our men and women who, who wear the blue in law enforcement. It's amazing. Um, they watch out for each other. They watch out for us. We need to be so grateful for the job they do. And we're grateful for people like uh, um, Father Cartwright who can uh, who can minister to them when they need it. And what's so important too, uh, you know, just like the priesthood, us as laity, or just like the police officers and us as citizens in the community, we need to be praying, you know, for the men and women uh, who serve us, uh, whether it's our spiritual life or our community. Uh, life and keeping law and order because there's a reason we have rules there's a reason why we have these guidelines on how we live and it's such a ministry that both of these vocations do for us mm-hmm. as as uh, humanity yep. and and um, we really need to respect um, the men and women who are serving us and keeping us safe and guiding us in our pilgrimage on earth. Oh, and keep them in our prayers. Yes. Always keep them in our prayers because of what they do and and what they face every day. We have no idea Mm -hmm. of the things that that those people face every day. They see the lower part of humanity. 
it's it's the nature of you know dealing with criminal uh, and 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 all, but also having to deal with tragedy, mm-hmm. and and having to deal with uh, family issues, and to be called to that is uh, is is quite the uh, it's well all I can say it's quite the calling and yeah. and I respect them so much I I I really do honor our our men and women who work law enforcement and. Uh, so appreciate them, and, and as I mentioned during the segment, it was it was great to have a National Appreciation Day yesterday, uh, where the whole country could say thank you for what you do, and and it shouldn't be just one day out of the year; it needs right. to be every day. Well, and and it's just something you know across our vast listening area. You know, thank you again, uh, Real Presence Radio uh, audience, for listening in this morning. You know, your communities as well. I mean, of course, Father Courtwright's from Fargo, but right. every single community in our listening area um, has wonderful law enforcement that um, are there for them. So, you know, see what you can do to help out. You know, there's community volunteers. Mm-hmm. I, I know Great my idea. yeah Great idea. yeah my neighbor is a volunteer with uh, you know Moorhead, and there's a lot of things that you can do. But most definitely and ultimately is is the power of prayer, and that we need to be praying for all those that uh, are in leadership positions and uh, law enforcement positions in our in our world. And of course, uh, Saint Michael, the patron saint oh, of fantastic. law enforcement. That's a wonderful prayer. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful prayer. You talked uh, about saying that every morning yes, with your family. Very powerful yeah. prayer, and uh, and some you know a prayer that we can say for our law enforcement, asking Saint Michael to uh, to watch over them, to intercede for them, and 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 to to be their protector. He is he is God's general, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you, you can't have anyone better on your side. That's, That's absolutely sure. right. <laughs> well, we are getting very excited, so. Listeners out there, call in with your questions. Not quite yet, um, but just want to throw that number out, and hopefully you'll either join us on the phone or you'll join us on Facebook. And uh, we we can't wait. Uh, we can't wait to have Munsinger Gregory Schlesselman join us. Um, and like I say, it doesn't have to even be a question. Just uh, if you have something that's on your heart and, and you've been thinking about, praying about, discerning about, uh, please call 877-795-0122. Or like I say, join us on Facebook. And um, it should be a fantastic half hour with a wonderful guest. Well, uh, and, and Monsignor, uh, do, do we, do, should we introduce him? Okay. Uh, he'll be coming in uh, pretty quickly. Oh, it'll be um, ding, ding, ding. And uh, <laughs> that's when the lines will open up and okay. uh, we'll be ready. All right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's, he does a wonderful job over at, the, the, at NDSU at the Newman Center. And uh, he's a, a very learned person. So mm-hmm. he's going to be really terrific to... Uh, to have on this morning to, to help us out with some of the questions we may get. I hear the hey, phone. Hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah, well, take it away, Paul. All right. Uh, well, we have in the studio with us today, um, as we mentioned, Monsignor Gregory Schlesselman. And uh, that's hard word. That's a hard name to say, Monsignor. Yeah, it's taken my whole <laughs> life to get it right. <laughs> and how do you spell that? We're still that? working on it. Do you want me to really spell <laughs> it? Yes, no. Go for it. I, yeah, he spells yeah. it wrong every time. <laughs> I, <can. laughs> I know I do. How is that again? Yeah, I have to see it to be able to say it. Yeah, but it. thank you so much for being here this morning. Now's the time to get get in here and talk with uh, Monsignor Schlesselman, uh, 877 795 
888-900-0122 is the number to call. We have folks listening from all over the region. We have, and uh, uh, boy, from, from four states. It's there, Four or five states listening to us right now. Oh. And so, you know, give us a call. Uh, that number again, 877-795-0122. Monsignor, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do over at NDSU and and uh, and your 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 ministry, so to speak, while we're waiting for folks to uh, call in. Sure. Um, I'm happy to do that. I have the great privilege of working with college students uh, day and night. <laughs> it's, it's a great opportunity to to accompany them first and foremost, to be there uh, for them and with them, and to encourage them uh, in their journey of faith and their pilgrimage of faith, to try and help them to be aware of the presence and the activity of the Lord in their lives, uh, to, to deepen their capacity to listen to Him, uh, and especially to experience ever more deeply uh, His love for them. And, and in the midst of, of the ordinariness and, and normalcy of their daily life, of their studies, their activities, their social life, all those kinds of things. So it's a, it's a very important ministry, and it has enormous potential for good. And so I, I'm just, I'm so privileged and so grateful that I'm able to do it. And God's given, given me this opportunity for the, and now my fifth year, I uh, hope that I'm able to do it for a lot longer after this. So. Oh, well, you, we are so blessed to have you as part of that ministry up at the NDSU Newman Center. It's on fire. It's mm-hmm. on fire. And I, 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 we have Phil on Facebook. Otherwise, I'd go on about NDSU Newman Center. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Phil, uh, he's on Facebook and has a comment. He says, uh, I believe it was St. Augustine that said, He who sings prays twice. Love music as part of Christian life. Monsignor, can you talk about the beauty of music as part of the Christian life? That's a great question. I, I you know, in fact, we, uh, we've been talking about that uh, very specifically at Newman Center um, because the, the, the church has, has been this great patron of everything that is beautiful down through the, all the centuries of her life. And as a result, the world has received some tremendous examples of human creativity, you know, in terms of sacred music, and even from sacred music, other forms of music that, have, um, that are not necessarily used in a, in a sacred environment, but are, but are beautiful nonetheless. And it really is something that enhances our capacity. Beauty speaks to the heart in a way like nothing else. And it enables us to experience in, and to taste, if you will, the truth and the goodness that God wants to, to give to us. And so when mu- music is, uh, is employed and the talents of artists and, um, and all those who, who would contribute to it, uh, it, within the context of the liturgy, it's amazing how that can enhance people's encounter with the Lord, their ability to pray, uh, their openness to God. Their, uh, sometimes they, they, they receive uh, the blessing of like kind of like the heavens open up. They, they, they get a sense of the transcendence of life that is always there, but they, they're able to more readily ac- access it. And I think it's such a, a great gift uh, that we need to foster and promote. Uh, and I think the church continues to, has done that and, and needs to continue to do that mm-hmm. um, to allow the creative gifts that God has given people to really shine and help, help us to worship God. It, it is. It's so fantastic. Sometimes at Mass, there'll be a song that strikes me in such a way that it does move me to tears. And, you know, I'll have my family, are you okay, Mom? Is everything all right? It's like, everything's beautiful. It's just like, it just touches and moves you in such an incredible way that it does. It, it does unite you with altar in heaven in a beautiful way. 
What I enjoy uh, about music now in the Catholic Church is uh, it's it's evolving more. There, there, it's you have your sacred uh, hymns that you've had for for many years, and people enjoy that. But they're also bringing in the newer music as well. And I think that's something that uh, speaks, it, it helps speak to a lot of people who have a lot of different, say, musical tastes, but they can listen to all these different styles of music, but they all have that same message and how close we need to be to God. And, and, then, and, 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 and they may say it differently, but the message is still there. And the music, that's what touches people's hearts. And what's really neat, too, is there's a revival of like the Gregorian chant and some of the more... Uh, the older, more sacred mm-hmm. litur- liturgical music, and the young people are really on fire about that as well, which is so cool. But, uh, you know, we want to remind our listeners, you can call 877-795-0122. Please take this opportunity to ask Monsignor Schleschleman a question or, or make a comment. You know, there's a lot of great topics out there, too, that if you have any questions, uh, you know, did you know that there's a modern saint in the making here? It's not just JP2 or Mother Teresa they're modern saints, but there are several others uh, that are in the process right now. So call and ask about that. Um, there's also, uh, here's a, a really good topic to talk about for women out there and, and uh, their husbands. Hysterectomy, equal birth control? Question mark. Do you have any questions on that? Um, that's a, a tough subject, but uh, Monsignor Schlesselman could help us as Catholics understand uh, when it's okay and when it's not. Um, and then how about, uh, how much uh, should our past affect our today? Forgiveness, what about Mary Magdalene? Boy, in this day and age, whether it's politics, your neighbor next door, or uh, maybe someone in the pew next to you, you know, how do we forgive? How do we give mercy? Um, boy. Ask. How do we forgive ourselves? Exactly. And, 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 and take a look at what we have done in the past. Are we worthy of forgiveness? And, uh, and, and how do we make ourselves worthy of mm-hmm. forgiveness? And how do, we, how do we ask for that forgiveness? Besides, of course, the, the sacrament of reconciliation, which is, I think, the most beautiful sacrament we have in the Catholic Church, the, the, the sacrament of reconciliation. It sure is. It sure is. And yet the devil, the evil one, he will try and keep bringing that back in our life no matter what, and in our society too. If we live in a society where everything's tolerable, but nothing's forgivable. And, uh, you know, we really need to talk about that. So please, one 795 We'd love to have you join us. I'd like to ask Monsignor to chime in on that a little bit. I, I would love <laughs> uh, because I just got back from uh, the Focus uh, National Conference, SEEK 2019. And uh, the custom we have is, is that as we're coming back, we, it's a bus, we took the bus, and so we had, we had four buses uh, that went down to Indianapolis. And uh, on our way back, um, we had 17 hours in the bus, so we had plenty of time to do this. Uh, we were able to share, the students were able to share their, their experiences. So on my bus, uh, we did that. We did it on all the buses. And uh, one of the common themes was a really profound experience of God's love through the experience of the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Um, 
what they found was by going to confession, being in all kinds of different places, you know, in, looking forward to it, being afraid of it, hesitating, you know, all the, all the various emotions and, and, and situations that they may find themselves in. But they all, to a person, all those who, who brought it up uh, attested to the fact that it was such a positive, uh, life-giving experience and really, like, was the highlight of the, of the five days. And, the, and the, the days were filled with a lot of great things, but it's remarkable that they, they singled out their experience of Jesus' mercy in that sacrament mm-hmm. as the most important thing that they received. And I do think it's, it, it's such a, a tremendous gift. Uh, and it's, the sacrament, in a sense, is, is obviously stands for, you know, has a great value, but it also is like a, a reminder of how, and I think, Paul, you're, you're alluding to that, how mercy can spread beyond the sacramental right, life, right. how that can be kind of become the norm of how we live in daily life. And I think it's both, St. Francis de Sales put it this way, he said, it's, you know, be patient with everyone, but it's above all with yourself. Yeah. And I think it's forgive everyone, you know, to, to make the analogy, to forgive everyone, but above all, to forgive yourself, mm-hmm. to let Jesus, to believe in the mercy of Jesus so powerfully that even if I don't feel forgiven, even if I feel like I'm unforgivable, to say, no, Jesus has forgiven me and his word and his love is infinitely greater than anything I may have done. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. Well, we have our, our first caller, Gail from Bismarck. Gail, what is your question? Well, good morning and thank you for what you all do. I've learned so much. Oh, well, thank you so um, much for joining us. <laughs> My question is, I went to Mass this morning, and I was in adoration, and I have prayer books, the Mary's Call prayer books, and I was led to this page. It's called Abandoned in Tabernacles, and it talks about how Jesus is neglected, exposed to sacrilegious communions, and, and people don't visit him anymore. And I have never ever thought of this before or or heard anything of this before and i would like monsignor just to touch on this a little bit if you would please yes certainly gail that's a it's a it's a beautiful tradition in the in the church's life uh to highlight the very personal and relational dimension of the eucharist in other words jesus is a person a divine person who has Taken on his taken on humanity and made himself available in such a remarkable way, and given given the fact that he's there and inviting us, he wants us to visit him. In other words, he knows that the that what can happen for us is a tremendous blessing when we make the effort, when we make the sacrifice to simply, as we would a friend, drop by and pay a visit. And share life, share what's going on in my life, share my heart, share my my joys and my sorrows, my struggles, whatever that may be. But to 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 realize that there's a relationship here, and when you have a friendship with someone, you you spend time with them, and you go to them, you 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 spend time with them in the same place, and and Jesus knows that that's such an enormous blessing for us because. When we make that effort, he, he's never outdone in generosity. And so he loves to pour out goodness and blessing upon us when we make that effort to, to visit him, even if it's just for a brief you know, few minutes. Oh, Gail, what a, a fantastic question. We sure thank you for bringing that to Munsinger Schleschleman and to all our listeners. Thank you so much. All right, much. thank you for your answer. Have a great day. Oh, you too. God bless you, Gail. God bless, Gail. You that- know, um, I'm sorry, Paul, to interrupt, but I, um, 
just went to Winona State to pick up my daughter. Um, she was at the SEAT conference, and there's like almost 18,000 college students there. And so her and her, her focus team are there, and I'm like, what was the best part of SEEK? And they're like, oh, all of it. But adoration was the most incredible experience that they had. And I remember turning on Facebook, and, and they were processing with the monstrance, you know, and I, I was just brought to tears, like my daughter's there and all these awesome college students are there. And it is so beautiful. Do you think maybe that what really makes it beautiful to them is maybe they didn't have that uh, as a priority when they were in their teens, that they were maybe involved in so many other activities, and now they're being exposed to what adoration truly is? I, I don't think that. I think they really get it. I think they really get that this is Jesus. But that's why but yeah. that's why it's really reaching their heart yeah. because they are learning that what adoration re- truly really is it's sure. it's 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 being uh, it's, it's just being a part of it. Uh-huh. And cuz I know growing up uh I did not spend a lot of time in adoration. I didn't even really know what it was. Sure. sure. Uh, until I went to college and uh, a Catholic center at the college I was at uh, would have adoration, and and that's when it really reached to me of what adoration uh, is, and 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 maybe that's why it's so it, it's it's becoming so uh, important to mm-hmm. these young people because they're now being exposed to it in a different way. I I do agree with you that there's been a, a much greater highlighting from the the church, you know, to go back to adoration. I'm sure a, a time in history, you know, I know Blessed Columba Marmion and uh, a lot of the great saints, uh, St. Teresa of Lisieux. I mean, there are so many great saints that adoration, that was a big part of their life. And you're right, it, it is being revisited and, and brought back more. And that's such a great thing. It really is. It's uh, And it has a tremendous impact. You know, for example, with the college students at SEEK, this conference, uh, one night was, and it's a typical way of doing it, one night we we have this adoration. The music, by the way, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's really well-suited, reverent, but also, you know, it really speaks to the heart. They have this uh, extended time of Eucharistic adoration where the celebrant will, will process around this auditorium that is, you know, Huge. thousands of people and uh the experience is is tremendous w- meanwhile over 400 of us priests were hearing confessions we heard on that one night alone we heard uh more than 4700 confessions wow. mm. in one night in a space of about three hours and so there's this tremendous like beautiful relationship between the eucharist and confession and music it's mm-hmm. all kind of like all right there uh and it really does uh it's a very powerful experience for everybody uh, for priests who are hearing confessions for the penitents who receive the blessing of god's mercy for those in adoration who are just amazed by by how willing and available jesus is and and how much he wants to be with them which speaks so deeply to their hearts all right, the number to call, 877-795-0122 if you want to be a part of the discussion this morning. Ask uh, Monsignor whatever is on your mind, that number, 877-795-0122. We were just talking about adoration, and uh, and, and we were talking about uh, you know the, the forgiveness the aspect sacrament. and the sacrament yes, of reconciliation. Yes. Um, one of the uh, 
we were talking about the the, the the saints or the potential saints, modern day saints. Uh, one that is near and dear to my heart is uh, the cause for Father McGivney uh, for the Knights of Columbus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am hoping, I am hoping that that comes through because talk about somebody who developed an organization to help those who are truly in need. And not just Catholics, but the, 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 the works of charity that the Knights of Columbus has done now over the last century and, and reaching out to the world. Um, he really started something big, and, and, and that's one cause I'd really like to see happen. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the other uh, causes that are, that are out there? Well, one that's near and dear to our family's heart is Blessed Columba Marmion, and he's in the process of canonization now, and my mother-in-law was his miracle cure for his beatification. So that's one that's near and dear to us. Uh, But there are so many others as well. And there's a gentleman in the Marquette Diocese in the UP of Michigan now that is going through the process. And he actually received the stigmata. And so that's really, wow. So, Munsinger, can you tell us about his cause? You know, I don't know anything oh. about his cause. I, although I would say this, is, is that, um, you know, I think so, in surprising places, uh, the church will, will highlight holiness. And I think uh, the, the, the extension, so for example, you know, the, the, the canonization of married couples, uh, you know the canonization of someone who's who's a businessman. You know the the canonization of somebody who's in the ordinariness of of daily life, who yet lived such deep and an ever deeper intimacy with God that they they allowed this this relationship with God to radiate in and through all that they were doing and 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 very oftentimes in hidden ways. I think many saints. Uh, we're we're going to find out in heaven, you know, uh, the full story of who all really was holy, and we're never recognized, we're never noticed, sure. and yet their holiness is real and has a real effect and impact on the world. And I think it's just marvelous that the church is is looking to all walks of life, to all circumstances, if you will, to find these examples of people who are who are in in, in ordinary ways, yet living. Heroic, heroic virtue, virtue. living yes. really truly holy lives mm-hmm. that that really contributes to the building up of the kingdom of god right well right. that number again 877-795-0122 if you want to join the conversation you can also join us on facebook you can uh uh send us a message through facebook and uh we already had one earlier today so uh you're you're perfectly free to do that as well join in on the conversation this morning we have a a wonderful resource with us uh, with Monsignor Gregory, Schles- Gregory Schleselman. Say that three times fast. Schleselman, Schleselman, Schleselman. And, and you know, I, I do want to, you know, still kind of carry out this uh, modern day saint in the making because I think so often, you know, and I think all our, a lot of our listeners can agree that we we forget that we are saints in the making, that um, we are all called to be saints, that we it's not for the few, it's for the many, as my favorite Blessed Columba Marmy would say. And, and so it's very important uh, that we never forget that we're all called to sainthood. Yeah, it's really our baptismal invitation. You know, when God bestows this enormous gift of baptism upon us, he he wants to be with us. That, that's the whole point. He, he fundamentally and essentially wants to be with us, but he wants to be with us in a radical and a profound and permanent way. 
And, and so by virtue of being baptized, we're invited into that intimacy. And that was St. John Paul II who defined it that way, which I think was an enormous gift to the modern world, to say that holiness is intimacy with God. It's not about necessarily doing a lot of visible apostolic things. That certainly oftentimes is the case, that a saint is doing those things. But that really the essence of it is this intimacy, in whatever way then that the Lord invites that person to live their life such that they're allowing God to, to pour out his, his goodness and his love into their lives for them and for the benefit of others as well. Right, right. And it's in those, those very simple, uh, common things that we do in our everyday lives that really help touch other people's lives in our circles, whether it's our friends, our family, you know, how much uh, God can work through us in, in just the smallest of things. <coughs> So once again, one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Please call and join in on the conversation with Monsignor Schleslemann and our wonderful co-host Paul Braun. Pre- appreciate being here, oh, yeah. Monsignor. We appreciate you here too. Well, um, thank you. Say uh, on another subject, another topic. Um, you know, you were talking about uh, the Newman Center, your, your your mission with the Newman Center. Um, you folks have uh, quite a uh, project may be facing you over there uh you're you're looking to really expand the uh the mission over there let's get away from the actual building of the new buildings what do you hope with these the new expansion over there what that will bring to your mission at ndsu that's a great question well i i think first and foremost what it will do is provide a place and a space for our college students that they can call, as it were, a home away from home. And be inviting enough, be beautiful enough, be also effective enough in terms of space and, and availability, et cetera, uh, to allow them to really to, to be welcomed there and to feel at home there, such that once they are welcomed and able to just like kind of live college life in part, obviously not entirely, but in part in and around the Newman Center, uh, to our hope, of course, is that will occasion and make it easier for them to encounter Jesus, because that's the point. The whole, our mission is to help them okay, uh, encounter him in such a profound way that it changes their lives mm-hmm. for the better. And, and, and it's when you have those good, holy friendships that they can be making when they are encountering a deeper relationship with Christ. That is just such a neat network to help support them along the way, because all of us, we can go through those stagnant times or those questioning times or whatever, but to have these deep, holy friendships, authentic friendships that are developed there is just beautiful. And those are occasion, those friendships are occasioned by, you know, the simple thing of hanging out, of going to a social event, going to a buckluck dinner, uh, being around just for all kinds of things, and having a place where that's, they really sense that they can they can go and, and be themselves and in a casual and easy way, meet others, and then start to develop those deep, authentic friendships. Uh, it's such a marvelous thing. And uh, they really need a sign. Uh, also, I think it, what's really crucial is to give them hope, to, to, to show to them that this world, uh, by virtue of the mission of, of Jesus Christ, uh, offers them a future that is, that is filled with all kinds of possibilities. And that the beauty of a place that is built for them, 
it's it's for them the church is saying by investing in you know in terms of finances in terms of personnel etc that you are important and we value you highly and i think that's so important for your typical college student to know because so many of them tragically go to college having had the experience of not knowing how deeply they are loved how much they are valued and they really need to know that right. in a concrete visible incarnational way well, we were talking earlier about uh, reconciliation and so forth. We have Karen on the phone from Bismarck wants to ask you a question about that subject. Karen, are you there? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Yes, Thank good you morning. for joining Thank us on Real Presence Live. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Um, I can attest to the power of absolution in the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, but my question is, you know, given the light of what's happening in the church. If someone, like a priest, were to confess to um, pedophilia, can a priest refuse absolution? Uh, Carrie, if I may, this is Monsignor here. So you're asking if, yes. a, pri- if a priest goes to confession and confesses mm-hmm. having committed pedophilia, can the priest who's hearing his confession refuse absolution? Is that your question? Correct. Yeah. Um, the, only, the only way legitimately that the confessor could refuse absolution would be if he were to detect in the penitent, in this case the priest, uh, mm-hmm. that he r- is not resolved to not sin again. In other words, if, okay. if, if the person says, I'm going to do it again, then the confessor has the right to refuse absolution because they're not repentant. Does that, okay. does that make sense? Okay. Well, that does make sense. And then what happens in the case where, okay, that they are penitent, but they repeat, and then they come back and ask for absolution again, and they go to the same confessor, and it happens over and over again. I mean, then to me, the, the whole absolution is kind of negated and takes away the power of absolution. I, I just have a hard time, you know, when somebody is a repeat offender, so okay. to speak, and they receive absolution over and over again. Oh, I see, yes. How is that well i think i think the way to address it is this is that uh, god god's mercy is infinite and there are certainly cases in even aside or you know in more general terms uh, of of those who are caught in a cycle of sin um yeah. addictive behaviors etc it, it right. is important that if a penitent ever comes to a priest that if the person is truly repentant and if they want to change their life, then the priest should always be generous in giving absolution. You have to have very serious okay. cause to refuse absolution. At the same time, the priest, and, and I think this is common practice, would recommend that the penitent really look at that pattern, would really look at that habit and strive to, by other means as well, not just only the sacrament, uh, f- get to the root causes of it and strive to really overcome it. 
whether it be by counseling or, or spiritual direction, uh, ascetical practices. There's a number of different ways that a person can address those things. Um, but the actual giving of absolution is, is very closely tied to that generosity of God, and, and only for serious reasons should it ever been refused. Well, Karen, okay. thank you. Okay. So, yes, thank you so much for your call. That's a really important question and a great clarification from Monsignor Schlesman. Thank you very much. And uh, you know, when you think about it, uh, that is, isn't it the uh, it, it, isn't it a grace offered by a priest when when something like this happens in general that uh, when they're, when they're talking to the the person who is who is truly repentant to give them that opportunity to say you need to look into this here's some resources yes uh that you need to look into that that is a that is a, a grace that uh, a, a priest has as well in in the confessional well we want to thank monsignor schleschman for being here with us uh, on the other side of the break we'll be talking about what it means to be a disciple as a young woman a free trip to our listening area and who enforces rules in the church all coming up next <laughs> 